0: All right, good morning, good morning. Um, Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Nick Jens. Um, I am Representative Kifowitz Communications Coordinator. I've been here for about a year and I'm just filling in today while she is on on a trip in DC, uh, which she'll come back and uh, tell you all about next week. So thank you all for joining us here live or um, if you're listening later. Um, Today is our coffee chat as always and I'm using My Strict Scrutiny Mug, which is a podcast about the Supreme Court. Uh, One of my favorite podcasts, and this is one of my favorite mugs. Um, And today we have a very special guest from Congressman Bill Foster's office. But before we get to that, I just want to highlight... That today is our last day for collecting for our Toys for Tots donations. So, if you have some more toys that you want to donate this year, um, bring them by our office at 1677 Montgomery Road, Suite 116 in Aurora, um, and come by before 4 o'clock p.m. and we can add them to the uh, huge, overflowing boxes of toys we already have. And thank you so much to everyone who has already donated. Um, they're going to make a huge difference in the lives of children uh, across. The you know, our area, and uh, we really appreciate it. So, on that note, um, I wanted to introduce our special guest. Uh, Maria manzo is the Senior Director of Outreach for Congressman Bill Foster. Congressman Bill Foster represents the 11th District since 2013, which covers the northeastern area of our um, State House District. Um, And she's been with him since 2008, when he won his first election. So Maria will be talking about the different services that a congressional office can provide for their constituents. And if you have any questions for her or myself, please put them in the Facebook chat and we'll get to them. And on that note, uh, Maria, take it away.
1: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining Representative Kifowitz's coffee this morning. I'm using a mug from the US House of Representatives. As Nick mentioned, I've been with Congressman Foster since 2008 when he won his special election. And uh, one of the things I've enjoyed doing is collecting different mugs throughout the year. Um, and now during this season, I wish I would have been collecting the little ornaments, but I have a few of those. Uh, I think it would have been neat to have with, uh, different ones throughout the year. Before I started working with Congressman Foster, I used to work in, in community health for Praveenah Mercy Medical Center. I was uh, raised in Aurora and then moved to Oswego uh, in when I was 12 years old. I forgot what year that was. But uh, yeah, when I was 12 years old and we, uh, I, I, was, I still live here in Oswego. Uh, as Nick mentioned, we are in the 11th Congressional District. Congressman Foster represents the 11th Congressional District, which up until 2020, um, Oswego was part of the 11th Congressional District. And now we have the came uh, mostly Kane County, DuPage, some of Will, a little bit of uh, Lake or Cook, Lake, uh, McHenry County, Boone County, and I believe that's it in total. It's a total of eight counties. But today I'm going to talk about what any congressional office uh, uh, can do for their constituents here in the district and the service, the different types of services we provide. I'm especially gonna touch up on uh, passports since that's always an issue. Uh, uh, Representative Kiffowitz's office reaches out to us. Uh, Sometimes we have constituents that uh, reach out to her office requesting help on passports, and that is a federal issue. But we will talk about the different services and how you can obtain them in each office. So whoever your congressional representative is, um, you can receive the same service. So we have uh, caseworkers that work very similarly to state the states does casework as well, but we do it for uh, any agency, any federal agency. So any military, veterans affairs, IRS, um, USCIS, um, obviously taxes, uh, State Department, uh, any issue that you are having with a federal agency can be handled through a congressional agency. Now, one of the things we cannot do, and this is, comes more in play with um, social security benefits and with USCIS uh, immigration benefits, or I'm sorry, not benefits, immigration services, um, is that we cannot provide in no, any office unless they have a lawyer. And I know some offices have a specific lawyer for that issue. But most offices cannot provide legal services. So, offices will typically direct you if you need to have a legal representation. They can direct you, um, they will direct you to a lawyer, but not specifically recommend one. Because, again, that is not something an office can do. Um, they can recommend you to a website that provides that, is, that has services from accredited lawyers in that particular subject but not a particular uh, lawyer. So uh, let's go for IRS, for example. If you are having um, issues obtaining back pay, uh, if your IRS keeps getting declined and when you you wanna get a more specific answer on why, and you're not able to, and again, this is if you do not have legal representation already, you can contact our office. Every office has a uh, a privacy release form. So in order for our offices to be able to reach and speak with a liaison that we have in that agency, you have to fill out a privacy release form indicating that you allow our office to speak on your behalf to that agency. The best way you can do that is to log on to the to your, your congressional representatives website and under services, there's typically uh, either casework, um, it's either listed as casework, or maybe it's listed by agency, uh, or I need help with a federal agency, something similar to that. But it typically is under services, and you fill out a form. Uh, what I would recommend is once you fill out the form, give it about a day or two uh, to process through the system, and then they can con- they'll contact you via email. But if you want to call and just to make sure they get the form, the form does typically take about two days for it to get to the correct case person. So you can always call and let them know, hey, I filled out a, pri- a privacy release form for help on this issue. Uh, I would not recommend that you call beforehand because they'll just tell you to go onto the website and fill it out and then you know they'll, they'll contact you. So it's always best to have that filled out first before you contact them. So going back to social security. Uh, so if you're, um, I think that is what we were talking about, right? Social Security or, or IRS, if you, I think it was IRS, sorry. If you have, uh, if you're waiting for back pay, then what our office would do is contact the IRS, figure out your case. IRS has been very, um, is very good in letting us know, you know, this is the issue and this is what your constituent has to do. So then we come back to the constituent and tell them that this is what they have to do. Sometimes our offices are able to obtain any additional paperwork or any additional information and provide it directly to the agent. If that's the case, your case moves along uh, fairly quickly. I am happy to say that we have obtained, uh, I believe it's uh, close to a million if it has not already surpassed a million uh, dollars back for our constituents just this year alone. So that is a significant amount of money. Sometimes we get constituents who call and they're on the verge of losing their home because they haven't received um, uh, a refund or something's happening with the IRS. And you know, we've been able to help them obtain those funds just before they become homeless. So those are always uh, you know, very positive outcomes for us. And we're very happy to be able to do something like that. Social security benefits too. Uh, I know social security is very frustrating to get through. It is, um, I don't know if I wanna say the job or it's just the way they they operate, but when social security benefits are requested for let's say a disability, not necessarily retirement or anything like that, but more disability, that is a very uh, difficult and long process to go through. And it can become very frustrating. Uh, I my one of the things uh, that Social Security does is they make sure that they get as much information as possible. So even if you submit all your paperwork, and this is something I would recommend that you use a uh, an attorney with or somebody who specializes in Social Security. Um, but once you submit all the information, it does not matter how thorough you think you submitted that application. In most cases, they are going to come back and request more information. So when something like that happens, I just you know really encourage you not to not to get uh, discouraged, but to continue the process. And like I said, it could be very long, but just continue it. If you get to a point where you're just stuck and you, you said, I've submitted everything that they have requested and they're still requesting more or the same information, that's also something you can contact off our your congressional office our office with. Um, you know, and just we have that liaison, we have that ability to talk to them and say, well, what's going on? Um, a lot of times that you know, we get clarifications on why they want to document a, a document again. Some of the some of the systems as as I'm not I'm sure you've heard and if not, I will tell you right now, some of the government computer systems are very, uh, specific and picky. So if you sent your document, and for some reason, it's cro- it's a little bit crooked, or there's an edge missing, or it's upside down, or it's scanned sideways, the system won't accept it. So you might have sent it in 12 times. And you know, each time it's scanned a little differently, or it cuts something off, cut a corner off, it just will not scan properly. Uh, so those are things we can find out for you and find out why, since you've submitted it 12 times, are they still asking for it? Um, and, and you know, hopefully have that process move move through a lot slower. Um, medals of honor. If you have a loved one that has lost their medals of honor, that needs them, that never received them, uh, you know, reach out to us. We love to be able to provide all that paperwork and get those for you. Typically they are mailed to the congressional office, and then you can have uh, your congressional member, uh, uh, you know, provide them for you. You can come pick them up, but you know, things like that—a little, any little uh, issue with the federal agency—it's very important uh, that you know that our offices are there to help. Passports—you know, travel season is upon us. If you are hoping to travel t- uh, out of the country for Christmas and don't have your passport yet probably won't be a good idea to uh, apply for it via mail anymore, Uh, even though this is not their peak season and they might still work on it quickly. But um, I know if if you don't have your passport and you're thinking about flying out of the country for Christmas, we're what, only three weeks away, I think, Uh, something like that. That's that's crazy. Um, You will have to wait till at least two weeks before your flight date, before any congressional office can reach out to the uh, passport office and request an appointment for you. But Mm -hmm. even since this is not their high season, their peak season, you may be able to to call them and get an appointment yourself. If you cannot get an appointment yourself or if you've already submitted an application to get your passport and you have not received Mm -hmm. it yet, that's when you can call our office also. Uh, you know, a lot of times they process uh, the the applications as they come in and by travel date. So if your application came in, let's say with, um, I'm just going to say with a hundred more, but let me tell you, they have a lot more than that coming in. Uh, let's say that your application came in with a hundred more applications. They're going to process them by this date but your travel date is sooner than all of those, they'll put yours up toward to the front. So the, the uh, passport agency is actually a very, very good agency to work with. We've always had uh, nothing but good service from them when we reach out to them and they try to do everything they can to help us and help our constituents. Uh, so yeah, you can reach out to us, let us know, I've applied for my, applic- for my passport on so-and-so date um, and I still haven't gotten it. And typically what we'll do is we reach out to them they locate wherever your your passport is. Passports are not always necessarily being processed in the Chicago location, even though we're in the Chicago area. They go to a service center, and the service center goes uh, sends them out to uh, various various agencies. So your agency could be in North Carolina. your agency, your passport could be being processed in Arizona. Um, in uh, up in the East Coast and the West Coast somewhere, and they typically do this by volume. So they just say, okay, you know, uh, X Center has twenty has twenty thousand they're going to process. Uh, y Center has fifteen. We're going to start sending them to the Y Center. So that's why necessarily you can't just go to the Chicago agency and just pick it up when you're about to leave. You have to wait for them to to send it to you. So when we send in our inquiry or a request for your passport, it goes to the agency that's processing it. They'll pull it out from whatever stack they have it in and begin to process it at that time. Again, we can't reach out to them until you're two weeks out of from your vacation. So I know it becomes very stressful, um, but when we reach out to them, again, they typically pull it, they begin processing it, and lots of times you'll get it um, in low peak seasons, like right now, you'll probably get it maybe two days prior. In high peak seasons, we've had people get it the night before or the day before their travel. So, um, you know, trust us when we're saying we're working on it. We're in contact with them. We, we follow up with them uh, and we try to do everything we can to to get that that, that passport to you. Uh, so those are some of the services. I think the most common services, like I said, that we get are immigration services, uh, IRS, Social Security, and passports. But again, if you have an issue with the post office, we're also there to to uh, help. Veterans Affairs, we're there to help any federal agency.
0: Great. Thank you so much for um, all that information. Yeah, I actually... Um... I used to intern at a congressional office for Sean Kasten, and we would get uh, phone calls of people, you know, at the passport office the day before their trip, trying to get their passport. You really do not, as you know, you don't want to be in that situation. And I think a lot of people forget that when you travel internationally, you need your passport to be valid for like six months after, um, you know, six months longer, not just so that your travel date. So you definitely want to check ahead, right, and make sure your passport um, doesn't expire too soon.
1: Well, yeah, that's a great point. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that. And uh, some travel agencies are well are good uh, in letting you know that in advance. But, yeah, if, you're, if your passport's going to expire, you know, in four months, most of the time you're going to get to the airport and they're not going to let you board. They
0: mm-hmm. will not
1: let you board. So, yeah. Um, so definitely, thank you, Nick, for bringing that up. That's that is a very good point.
0: I think um, some of our listeners might be interested in some of the other services, like military academy nominations. Yes. Would you be able to tell us about that at all?
1: So there, we do have uh, a couple services. A couple, um, oh, the service military academy, which uh, the deadline for next for for next year was November first. So every year up until November 1st, usually most offices have the same deadlines. So up until November 1st, some of them extended to, for the whole month of November. You can submit a, uh, a a nomination request from your member of Congress, as well as your Senator's office. And your member of Congress uh, will collect all the application information, which is also on the websites. Uh, so you collect all the information, letters, letters of... of uh, of recommendation, uh, obviously your scores, activities, anything that your student is doing. And it's always great that if you if you have a student that's interested in attending uh, a school and a military academy, then go onto our website, anybody's website, most of the applications are the same. Go onto your con- congressional um, representatives website, download the application, have them start getting it ready. Uh, because some of these, some of this information takes a while. To get ready, you can hand drop it off. You can mail it in. There's always a um, a person who will be uh, in charge of collecting all that information. So find out who that is in your congressional office and be in contact with them. You know, let them know um, we're going to be sending this in. There's I know the three congressional offices this year: Caston, Underwood, and Foster's office uh, got together this year and did a military academy day. There's one that they try to do every fall and in the spring. So I encourage you to attend those. You get to speak to all the representatives from the school five schools, ask them questions, they do a presentation. Um, And then typically in sometime in December, there is an interview process that your student will go through with members of the military community. Then they're the ones that uh, decide, you know, these are the applicants that will move forward. Uh, So, the congressman is very grateful for them because he hates making those decisions. We have some very outstanding and impressive young people applying for them, uh, and I can understand how difficult that would be to to just speak with all of them. And we listen to them and we're like, "Wow, what was I doing at that age?" Like, these are impressive young people. Uh, so it's I'm sure it's very hard for for our judges, and we are eternally grateful for their decisions. Uh, we also have the Congressional Art Competition, which is coming up in the spring, the upcoming spring. We uh, It opens up at the end of February. But the Congressional Art Competition is where each congressional office receives artwork from high school students. Uh, and this could be high school aged students. So if we have a student who is homeschooled, a student who goes to A public high school, private high school, or special needs high school, uh, high school age. um, We receive any of their artwork. It's again, uh, this artwork is judged by professional, by artists, uh, local artists, and there is a reception at the end. The Academy also has a reception where. Um, all the nominees or all the students who submitted to, the, to an academy uh, get recognized for their efforts, for their work, and uh, for everything they've achieved in life. As well as uh, for the Congressional Art Competition, we have a reception showcasing all the art pieces, and then we announce the winner. The winner of the Congressional Art Competition, uh, gets that, that art piece gets to be hung up in the Capitol for a whole year. So it's really neat to be for the members to be walking down for votes, and they get to see the students' artwork from each district.
0: Wow, okay. that's so cool!
1: So that is that is really cool. And one of the uh, challenges we just wrapped up recently uh, in the November first is the Congressional App Challenge. So the Congressional App Challenge is uh, is where we reach out to students middle school age to high school. Uh, and they create their own app. Uh, they submit their app work through a, a portal. And then we have uh, members of the, typically in IT, um, uh, STEM, uh, STEM educators, uh, where there's not going to be a conflict if there's not, their students are submitting, uh, to uh, review those apps. And then they provide a winning app. The winning app is uh, gets to be showcased also in the Capitol. There is a big reception in the Capitol uh, in, uh, I believe it's in February, February or March. Uh, there is a reception where everybody who won the Congressional App Challenge gets to uh, come to DC and showcase their app in front of mega companies, companies, uh, all kinds of tech companies and they talk to these students um, and then their app will be showcased on the Congressional App Challenge website and the congressional website for a year as well. So both the Congressional App Challenge and the Congressional Art Competition uh, have trips to DC for the winning students and the Congressional Art Competition for as long as I've been with the congressman, Southwest has provided the airfare. Uh, there, we don't we the student is in charge of providing their own uh, the, their own stay, their hotel, and transportation, uh, but Southwest provides the airfare. Now, the app challenge that's a little different. We have not been able to have uh, there's ethics that the, the, the committee has to go through and and obtain, um, obtain certain or follow certain guidelines. But until now, the we haven't had airfare provided. Mm. Uh, so that's all on the student. That's just something for you, for you guys to know.
0: I'm curious, do you remember what the winning app was this year?
1: This year, we haven't announced it.
0: Oh, it hasn't been announced. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> hasn't been announced. It'll be announced on Friday. Friday, we have a virtual reception. We received 10 applications. Um, so, and I know, so I'm, I'm glad you're, you're asking about the, these, uh, these services mm-hmm. because we would love, we have some offices that have up to 50 submissions. So we know that it's a growing, just a growing interest of young people and, um, and it'd be great to have more submissions, but we have 10 submissions and we will be announcing the winner on, um, on Friday.
0: Okay. Well, I can't wait for Friday. I'll be watching.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, this the stuff they come up with is just wonderful. You know, they they uh, have uh, tutoring apps. They have apps that will, that they take a picture of a pothole and the pot, that information gets sent to the, the city where they're at. Um, and then it goes right directly to the streets department. So the streets department knows to come and fix that pothole. There is apps indicating kind of like a guide for like what to do in your city. So if you're in this city, what are the um, what, what are the attractions you should go to? What should you do here? Where can you find this? Uh, you know, so there, there's a lot of different and uh, neat apps.
0: Yeah, very cool. Um, wow, excellent. So everyone, you know, let your children or if you're a, a student watching, pay attention to that um, those upcoming competitions, and we'd be happy to promote them in our newsletter. So please, you know, let us know, and we can. Um, make sure all our constituents hear about that, um, and if you're not already, you know, signed up for our newsletter, just go to our website. It's in the comments, and make sure you're you're connected with us. Um, cool. So, anything else you want to touch on?
1: I think that is it. The other thing I would I would uh, just, and I oh, I say this to anybody I talk to, always feel free to reach out to your congressional office on any issue. It is important that they hear. Uh, hear what you have to say, you know, if you feel strongly about something, don't assume that your neighbor is going to call or somebody else in your friend list is going to call. You know, just call. Call and share that information. We always take all calls, um, all calls, all information, and make sure the legislative team in D.C. uh, receives that information, which brings me to another point. Your congressional district offices are here to, to provide any service you need for your constituents, Uh, legislative uh, issues are are uh, come out of the D.C. office. And it's it's like that with most offices. So, you know, here in the district, we're very heavy focused on constituent services and what we can do for our constituents here. Legislative is more D.C. Uh, But always we're always here to to know what you need and how you feel and any message that we can convey to our legislative team. We definitely do.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Maria. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate everything your office does for our constituents. So I hope uh, have a great rest of your day and I hope you'll come back in the future maybe to talk more about um, the art competition or anything else that's going on.
1: Sounds great, I would love to. All
0: right. Yeah, thank you again, that was great. Um, So we're just gonna do, oh, real quick, if you, you know our district, um, half of it, is covered by congressman bill foster's district and the other half is by congresswoman lauren underwood's district Um, so if you're not sure who your congressperson is you can go to the illinois board of elections website and look it up there or you can call our office and we'd be happy to point you in the right direction Um, and feel free to contact our office you know if you have any questions about any of the information today on that note, I am just going to give a quick update about what's been happening in the state and in the district. So I hope everyone had a lovely weekend. We had a couple of exciting events in the district, including the Oswego yes, Christmas Walk, um, the first Friday Cocoa Crawl in Aurora, the North Aurora holiday kickoff. Um, I love the holiday season, so I'm glad it's here, and um, I hope everyone's making the most of it. We had some exciting sports news over the weekend with the College of DuPage winning its third straight NJCAA Division III football national championship um, this year against the Rochester Community and Technical College. They scored a touchdown with just a minute and three seconds to play to rally past Rochester and they won 33 to 29. So huge congratulations to the College of DuPage. Um, We've had some exciting holidays around this time of the year, including Illinois' birthday as a state. Uh, Illinois is 205 years old as of yesterday, um, and it doesn't look a day over 200. So (laughs) Illinois was incorporated as a state in 1818. It became the 21st state admitted to the Union, and there's so much to be proud of. Um, Our cities and suburbs are home to many diverse uh, neighborhoods, rich cultures, international innovators. Our rural communities help feed the world today every day we celebrate our incredible cultures, businesses, and people. So happy birthday to the state of Illinois. December is Universal Human Rights Month, it's World AIDS Awareness Month, it's Stress-Free Family Holiday Month, something we're all hoping for, it's Procrastination Awareness Month, and it's a month of giving. Uh, We'll be highlighting all of those in our social media and newsletters in the coming month. In addition, Uh, December is National Impaired Driving Prevention Month. The state of Illinois encourages you to plan alternative ways of getting home safely after enjoying holiday festivities, so plan ahead. Do not drive impaired, choose a safe option, Um, have a designated driver, do a ride share, order a taxi, uh, public transportation. This holiday season, just please be aware, especially with the weather, we're going to get some snow tonight it's even more imperative to be careful and to make sure that you are alert while on the roads. It protects yourself and it protects everyone around you. December 7th coming up is Pearl Harbor Day. Each year on December 7th, veterans and visitors from all over the world come together to remember the 2,403 service members and civilians who were killed during the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. A further 1,178 people were injured in the attack which permanently sank two US Navy battleships, the USS Arizona and the USS Utah, and destroyed 188 aircraft. On August 23, 1994, the US Congress designated December 7th as National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Every year, remembrance events are held at the Pearl Harbor National Memorial, culminating in a commemoration ceremony on December 7th. Um, so, we are celebrating that holiday or remembering that uh, day that will live in infamy in the words of fdr and i personally will be at the navy league lunch today and um that is an important holiday that we recognize every year december 7th uh also on december 7th in a much lighter note is the start of hanukkah so i just want to wish a happy hanukkah to everyone who deserve who excuse me who observes the eight night uh days and nights um on December 7th through 15th. Moving on to some legislative news. The um, Illinois General Assembly is not in session currently. They will return to session on January 16th, the House will. And there are no committee hearings scheduled this week. All the representatives are out in the district um, working with constituents, uh, meeting folks. And there's a lot of work that goes on, not just when they're in Springfield, but as you know, also when they're in the district, going to outreach events, um, listening cons- to constituents, and um, just working on legislation that will be looked at in the spring. Over on the executive branch, um, we just want to remind everyone to apply if you're an income eligible for utility bill assistance. Um, applications have been open since December, October 2nd for income eligible households with seniors age 60 and above. For Illinoisans with documented long-term disability, and for households with children under six, um, applications for additional eligible groups will open November first, and applications for all income eligible households, excuse me, are already open on December first. So now is the time. Please take advantage of this program if you need assistance with your utility bills and if you're eligible. Um, you can apply on the state of Illinois website, or you can call. Um, 1-833-711-0374, you can also contact our office and we will help you get in touch. Um, that's the LIHEAP program and it offers a one-time payment directly to energy service providers on behalf of yourself, the recipient. Um, last year over 300,000 households received assistance through this program with an average of over $1,000 per household. So. All applications for everyone eligible are open now. Please apply. Um, they're available in English and Spanish, and please contact our office if you need assistance with that. Additionally, the Illinois State Police has announced an online form. Ex- announced an online form to report suspected public corruption. This is a new program that's um, good for everyone to help root out public corruption in Illinois. The State Police has created an online form. Where the public can report suspected public corruption directly to Illinois State Police, they will sort through all of the reports and forward them on to the relevant law enforcement agencies. Um, the reports will be um, it, it, they will be provided from you confidentially to the state police. Um, an example of public corruption might include an elected official steering contracts to friends in exchange for a monetary kickback overbilling a contractor, embezzlement, personally benefiting from federal or state funded programs, committing wire fraud, money laundering. Um, our office is like all offices in the state of Illinois, we are, you know, just trying to do our best and we encourage um, constituents to please participate and pro- report public corruption um, if it's suspected, and I will leave the link in the chat for folks to check that out. Uh, It's a great new program. Uh, In addition, very exciting, Governor Pritzker has announced the largest class of small businesses inducted into the Illinois MADE program, two of which are right here in our district. The first, um, Miss Jana's Candy, is in Aurora. And it's actually located just down the block from our district office. They have delicious toffees, delicious candy of every kind you can imagine. And now they've been recognized as a Made in Illinois program, um, one of the many small businesses that are recognized, 48 total this year. In addition, the Fox Valley Winery in Oswego has been recognized. So congratulations to both of those small businesses. Um, I encourage everyone listening to go check out the full list and uh, support those small businesses and support the two in our community especially. Congratulations to both of them. There is a new. business grant program, which can provide relief for up to $30,000 to a specific categorization of businesses that started during the pandemic and have been most impacted by the pandemic. Um, Eligible businesses um, started operations between January 1st to December 31st. That's January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2021. Uh, and there's a whole other of requirements. So I will put that link in the comments as well. And I'd encourage you, if you are an operator of a business that you think would be eligible, um, definitely tune in and uh, check out that program, see if you're eligible. In addition, we have, let's see, we're celebrating the completion of the I-57 improvements in Chicago and in the Southern suburbs of Chicago. The completion was the completion of a series of multi year improvements worth $82 million along Interstate 57. It's part of several investments in the state's longest interstate highway. It is made possible by the historic bipartisan Rebuild Illinois Capital Program. Nearly 20 miles of I 57 were patched and resurfaced, while two bridges were repaired along a vital commercial and residential corridor connecting multiple communities from Chicago's South Side through the South suburbs. Some more quick hits. Governor Pritzker announced $13 million to be invested in job training and economic development program. Illinois EPA has released funding for the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Block Grant Program. That program um, through the EPA will give two $1,900,000 of grant funding and make it available for the development of local strategic energy plans, as well as energy efficiency audits and local government building upgrades. Additionally, more than $3.7 million has been awarded for 19 Illinois recreational trail projects. The Illinois Department of Natural Resources has awarded more than $5,000 for school field trips. The state historical sites. So over 350 Illinois school children will now visit state historic sites this school year, thanks to the grant funding provided through this program. Moving on quickly to the judicial side of things. uh, There's been an interesting update in the litigation surrounding Illinois' assault weapons ban that was passed in response to the deadly mass shooting in Highland Park in 2022. On Wednesday, the plaintiffs challenging the law once again asked the Supreme Court to step in and issue a preliminary injunction against the state while the litigation is still pending. When determining whether to grant a preliminary injunction, judges consider whether there is irreparable harm, they consider your likelihood of prevailing at trial, and they consider any other public or private interests implicated by the injunction. So this is the second time that they've asked for a preliminary injunction from the Supreme Court. When you do that, you ask the justice who's associated with your appellate circuit. For us, it's the Seventh Circuit, and it's Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. So she considers it, she could send it to the full court, and she's actually asked for additional briefing. So the state of Illinois and the city of Naperville will provide additional briefing by December 6th, at which point the Supreme Court could issue a preliminary injunction or they could wait um, as things play out. Most recently, this specific case, the Seventh Circuit uh, three judge panel of it upheld the assault rifle ban as being constitutional. So now the plaintiff has appealed it, um, hoping to have the Seventh Circuit, the full court on Bonk, hear the case. And after that, it could be appealed to the Supreme Court for them to review. So watch this space. Um, in addition, on Thursday of last week, the Illinois Supreme Court issued 17 opinions. One of which I found particularly interesting, which ruled that insurers must provide coverage to cyclists, pedestrians um, who are on bicycles, and who are hit by uninsured drivers. Um, this was a case where a 14 year old uh, Chicago boy was struck and hit um, in a hit and run while riding his bicycle. Uh, the driver, you know, he didn't get the insurance information, and he asked his insurer to cover. Uh, his um, you know, medical bills, the same way you would ask, have your insurer cover it um, if you're in a vehicle. And the Supreme Court ruled that automobile industry's insurance policies, excuse me, must cover people against uninsured motorists and hit and run accidents, even if the person covered by the policy is not in a vehicle at the time of the accident. In addition, uh, in memorial, memoriam, we just want to recognize the passing of Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Uh, who passed away last week. She was the first woman ever appointed to the Supreme Court of the United States by Ronald Reagan in 1981. She served for over 25 years, and she was a hugely influential figure. Um, In words of memoriam, her colleague Justice Kagan said that she was often the single person who decided the court's most important cases She used her influence with extraordinary understanding of the nation and its people, with appreciation of the court's necessary role, but also of its necessary limits, and with a will to promote balance and mutual respect in this too often divided country. Justice O'Connor never stopped thinking and listening, learning and growing, she judged with wisdom, and her service left both this court and this nation better. Those are the words of uh, Justice Kagan. She was, interestingly enough, the last person ever appointed to the Supreme Court who had previously run for and been elected to public office. Um, so we, our hearts, go out to her friends, her family, and all of those who, um, whose lives she impacted and who she inspired. Moving on, uh, on other news, the Chicago Sun Times is reporting that used car dealers keep selling vehicles despite safety recalls. Um, If you're someone who pays attention to the news, you'll notice that um, cars have safety recalls all the time. Um, But it's not exactly clear how to keep track of that. And apparently, it's an issue that um, used car dealers, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, are selling individuals vehicles that have safety recalls that have not been addressed. There's no federal law to keep them from selling used vehicles with open unaddressed recalls Um, for deficits that could be fatal. So I just want to take this time to help everyone be aware of this issue. And some points of advice are first check if there's an open safety recall by you can copy the vehicle ID number or Vin into the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's recall lookup tool. Um, So there's a National Highway Traffic Safety Administration tool. Look up the number of the vehicle you're looking to purchase and see if there are any recalls issued on it. You can also ask the dealer to provide a title and history report from Carfax or AutoCheck. You can get a trusted mechanic, uh, independent of the dealer to examine the vehicle, even if the dealer says it's certified. You can check out the Illinois Attorney General's Consumer Guide to Buying a Used Vehicle page um, for reports there. If the car has a recall, But you're still considering buying it, maybe you want to buy it even if it has a recall. Make sure the recall remedy can be done quickly at a manufacturer authorized dealership near you. So, you know, it's understandable you're going to buy a vehicle and you understand it has a recall on it and you're open to fixing that yourself. Just make sure that it's the type of recall that can be uh, remedied, uh, like they say here, at a manufacturer authorized dealership near you. After you buy a car, sign up for any future recall alerts from NHTSA, which again is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And finally, if you notice a safety related issue with your car, report it. Um, Your information might help prompt a future safety recall. Moving on to upcoming events. This is exciting. Blackberry Farm is transforming once again into a winter wonderland amid thousands of twinkling lights, festive decorations, and happy holiday music. And you can take a ride on the Holiday Express train. Um, That is open Thursdays, November 30th, this upcoming Thursday, December 7th, and December 14th from 5pm to 8pm. It's open on Fridays starting at 5pm and it's open Saturdays and Sundays starting at 2 p.m. at BlackBerry Farm. So make sure to check that out if you're interested. It's for all ages. Uh, This Friday is the last Roosevelt-Aurora American Legion post 84 meeting of the year. So if you're a member of the post 84, this is your reminder, your last meeting of the year is on Friday, December 8th at 8 a.m. And if you're a veteran or a military family member who's interested in learning more about post 84 or the American Legion, you're also welcome Feel free to contact our office and we can give you uh, the details again that's 8 a.m on friday december 8th this friday later in the day um, for those interested in veterans issues or if you're a veteran yourself the employment for veterans or there will be an employment for veterans online webinar starting at 12 p.m central time on friday december 8th Um, at this event the organization blue star families will provide an overview of their services They'll discuss membership and partnership opportunities. Um, The Veterans Employment and Training Services vets will also be there. They'll discuss their programs to promote employment and retainment of veterans. The Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs will be there, and they'll provide an overview of federal contractors' responsibilities under the Vietnam-era Veterans Readjustment Assistance Act and the protections afforded to veterans under the law. If you're interested, I will drop a link. They ask that you register in advance, please. And again, that is Friday, December 8th at 12 o'clock Central Time. What else is happening? There's the Montgomery House Decorating Contest. If you wanna participate, make sure your house is um, entered by December 10th next week. There is the holiday music from around the world being presented by the Fox Valley Brass Band on December 10th as well. And that pretty much wraps it up for us. So thank you to everyone who joined us today, whether it's live, if you're listening in the future, Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you especially to Maria Monzo from Congressman Bill Foster's district for providing that valuable information about all the ways that federal congressional offices serve their constituents. I hope you all have a lovely rest of your week. Happy Hanukkah if you celebrate, and we will be back next Monday with Representative Kifawet here herself. So thank you and take care.